Well, I tell you what, I'm so excited for this day. We've been looking forward to it. Kind of this milestone moment for our church. You know, it's, it's always good just to take some time every once in a while just to pause, reflect, think about where you've been, where you're at, and where you're going to go. You know, um, it's really good to do that even just with your own health, for instance. You know, like, did you know this? I was reading like 92% of Americans think that you should go for an annual physical, right? Guess how many actually do that, though? A lot less, right? Like 62%, right? They think it's a really good idea. You most definitely should do that. But then when it comes down to it, oftentimes we don't even do that. So what, what actually happens, though, with a doctor? You know, when you meet with your doctor, um, really that's actually part of, like, maintaining and having good health is just to set up an occasional time to go talk with your doctor and find out what she or he has to say about your health. And when you meet with them, this is what happens. They are gonna, they're going to assess your current level of health, right? They may even do some screenings, but they're, they're going to try to figure out, like, where are you really at? You may have some thoughts where you're at, but they're going to figure that out. And then they're going to address areas of concern, um, issues that you may even anticipate in the future. And then the other thing that a doctor does, I mean, they really care about you, is they, they affirm. Like, hey, you're doing these things right, right? And the more right things you're doing, the more affirmation you're going to get, right? And so that's what a doctor does because a doctor is very interested in your health and your well-being. Do you know the same is true about God with his people? Do you know that God wants his people to thrive, to experience the fullness of life that he offers and gives in his son. And so concerned about the development of his people that even Jesus himself actually addresses his seven different churches. You find it in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, where he addresses the churches and he commends them on things that are going well. He counsels them. He gives them correction where they're off. That's true for five of the seven churches. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the Lord of the church, knows exactly what he's seeking to develop in each of the churches. He is he cares about them, he loves them, and hence he's looking for their development. And you even see this like in New Testament letters. So there are letters like Corinthians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. These letters are addressing the church. What's going well, what's to celebrate, and some significant issues that need to be addressed. And why is that? Because God is interested in the maturity and the vibrancy and the health of his church. You even see God having, like the Apostle Paul, address the health of individuals like Timothy and Philemon, special letters written to individuals to help them grow and develop, to address areas of concern. And, you know, that kind of makes sense if you're a parent. So Karina and I have four kids. I want you to know that we have spent decades pouring in, investing in them, caring for them, communicating, connecting, correcting. Why? Because we want to see our kids be everything that God would have for them. We want them to thrive. Every healthy parent wants to see their kids develop intellectually, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, physically, right? Because they're interested in their development. And so is God with his people. 
God is interested in seeing the development of all those he has brought into his family. He has saved us by grace. He has brought us into relationship with Christ. We are disciples of Jesus, and God is determined and devoted to our development. And why is God so concerned with the maturity of his people? And it's for this reason. Maturity in Christ magnifies God. When people are mature in Christ, and that's reflected in their attitudes and their actions, how they think, how they behave, that their life reflects his word, I want you to know that God is magnified by that kind of maturity. And you see this emphasized all throughout the New Testament. And I want to draw your attention to one of the great statements as to what a life-giving, disciple-making church is to be all about. And it's found in Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. So if you have your Bibles, take a look at Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 28. Because you're going to see this is at the heart of what God has for his people. This is what every ministry and every church is to be about, and that is to see every person made complete or fully mature in Christ. So let's take a look. He says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, a life-giving, disciple-making church has a vision that is centered on Christ. Notice what he says, verse 28, we proclaim him. You have to stop right there because at the heart of Christianity, it's not a program, it's not a philosophy, not a 12-step sort of deal to have, help you have a better life. At the heart of Christianity is relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a person, not a program. Jesus Christ is the one who provides salvation. It's he who is the eternal son of God, entered into humanity, lived a perfect life, fulfilled all the law's demands, meaning he's completely righteous. So that when Jesus dies on the cross and pays the penalty for our sin, for the wages of sin is death, by virtue of his death, the payment for sin is made, and the reality of his resurrection allows for this to happen, that all who will truly believe in Jesus receive his righteousness, his forgiveness, and his life. And really, it's this life in Christ that actually makes us a Christian. It's not adopting a certain set of beliefs or doctrines or fulfilling some sort of duty or following some sort of law. It's that we have entered into a life-changing, life-saving relationship with Christ. And so you see that, like, for instance, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, he said, this is the mystery that has been made known to the Gentiles, right? It's been, it's been hidden but this mystery is what? You see right there at the end of verse 27. It is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Or like Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ what? Lives where? In me. Or like in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, where you see Paul uttering that prayer that you would be strengthened with power in the inner man. So 3.17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That's why at Fellowship Bible Church, our mission is this, 
to glorify God by living out the life that we have in Christ. Because a life-giving, disciple-making church is centered on Christ. And notice what else we see from this verse. A life-giving, disciple-making church is focused on maturity. Take a look at verse 28. He says, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. You see, just like a loving parent is counseling, encouraging, correcting, and investing in the development of his children, so God is bringing about the development of his people. And notice what he's saying. He says, Paul says, this is my mission. I proclaim Jesus Christ and admonishing. It could even be translated counseling. It's calling to mind the correct action or the correct way to go or the correct course of action. He is admonishing every man and he's teaching. This is imparting truth. It is helping people understand the way to go, the best practice. He is teaching every man with all wisdom. Wisdom has the idea of skill for living. Do you see that? Why is Paul admonishing every person, teaching every person, so that you will walk skillfully in this life, that you will reflect the wisdom and the character of God? And so he says, I do this with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Do you see that word complete? It's a really important word. It's the Greek word teleos. It means fully mature. You see, God intends for his people to grow to the fullness of maturity in their relationship with Jesus Christ, that their lives reflect him. So often, we're focused on people making a profession of faith, right? And so you'll hear this like, well, you know, I I remember that they kind of waved their hand one time at church or they stood up, and, and so I'm just counting on that profession of faith. I want you to know, people professing faith in Jesus Christ, that's a really good thing. But the emphasis of the New Testament is not just that you profess or confess that you believe in Jesus Christ, but that you progress, you make progress. There is development, maturity reflected in your lives. And so when you come to a life-giving, disciple-making church, it is focused on maturity. And spiritual maturity is this, that you look a lot like Jesus. His words shape your life. His heart starts being reflected in how you treat people and how you see your life. And so when you come to a life-giving, disciple-making church, We see right here from Colossians chapter 1, it is focused on maturity. It's centered on Christ. But notice what else he says in verse 28. Did you notice this? It's worldwide in scope. He says, we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Three different times he, he actually makes this statement every man, or it could even be translated, every person. That is because Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and he is the Lord of the universe. And he desires that every person be brought to the 
fullness of maturity in him. Does anybody know of the Great Commission? Have you heard of that? Matthew chapter 28. Remember, beginning in verse 18, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. This is Jesus speaking. And what are believers in Christ to do? His followers are to be making disciples of all the nations. And we're to teach them everything that he has commanded. Not just a few things, everything. Disciples of all the nations, every person. It is worldwide in scope. You see, God intends to fill heaven with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And he brings people together from every sort of ethnicity, every sort of diverse background, and we're all united in Christ. It is represented and manifested in earthly churches, but it'll be the picture of heaven when we have people from every background, every ethnicity, all together worshiping and glorifying God. And he then points out one other thing. This can only be accomplished in his strength. Paul says this, verse 29, For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. You see, this mission of seeing people come to know Christ and grow fully mature in him, I want you to know you're going to have to apply yourself. It's going to cost you something. If your life is just revolves around your comfort and popularity and, what, and your ideas of what you should be doing for your life, you likely are not going to subscribe to the way God has said a church develops. There needs to be labor. The word actually means to like work to a point where you're weary, but then he uses an even stronger word, striving. It's the Greek word agonizomai. It's where we get our word agony. And it was used of soldiers who were in conflict and fighting a battle or athletes that were literally pouring it all out, everything they had to win the game or to win the race. And Paul says, I want you to know that this vision of seeing people come to truly know Christ, that it is worldwide in scope and that they grow to the fullness of maturity, he says, I literally am like pouring myself out for this. He says like in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that he is pouring out his life like a drink offering before God. And yet, even if through the physical effort, and it does take physical exertion, notice the power. Did you see that in verse 29? Because this makes all the difference. It's according to his power, which mightily works within me. Christ living through his people, is the strength, the joy, the peace, the confidence, the courage. He is the one who provides the faith so we're not overwhelmed and paralyzed by fear. It is through Christ and his power that this ministry of seeing people come to know Christ and grow fully and mature in him actually happens. And do you know why maturity matters? It's because of this. Maturity in Christ magnifies God. That's why this is the emphasis of the New Testament. And so when we're looking at this, at Fellowship, the elders, we want to present to you the five-year ministry plan for Fellowship Bible Church. Now, we don't know when the Lord is going to return. We do know that he wants us to be actively engaged in his mission and doing it his way. And so our five-year vision goal is this, 
to present every person complete in Christ by developing life-giving disciples as God leads and multiplies. It's all of us. We're not interested in, well, we'll just take a few folks deep. We're interested in every single person. Why? Because that is the New Testament emphasis. This is what Jesus calls for. And we understand that maturity doesn't happen instantly. We like things fast and easy. But I want you to know that's not how maturity takes place. It's growth, failure, challenge, difficulty, next steps, starting to see things happen. And I want you to know that at Fellowship Bible Church, we are committed to the development of every single person who is a part of this church. And we are focused on discipleship because that's what Jesus said churches are to be all about. And so when you're like, well, what exactly is discipleship? Let me give you a very simple definition that is at the heart of what we do here at Fellowship. It is the intentional and relational process of maturing Christ-centered believers and mobilizing them for ministry. I want you to know that every single word is important. It's intentional, and it is highly relational. It's a process. We're maturing Christ-centered believers. God is the one who does the work, but we want to do everything we can to equip and encourage the saints to develop a Christ-centered approach to life. And we want you also to be mobilized for his kingdom work, to be mobilized for ministry. Plato is the one who said this, what's honored in a country will be cultivated there. What's honored in a country will be cultivated there. You see that in the United States, for better or for worse, right? But I want you to know you also see it in churches. What is really honored there? Whatever's honored is going to be cultivated. Popularity, status, fitting into a certain image, following cultural trends, if that is what is valued in a church, that's what that church looks like. I want you to know what we value as a church is rooted directly in the word. In fact, what I'd like to do is just walk through our core values. These core values that I'm presenting to you, this isn't like something like, well, we came up to it with this at our retreat in July, and we just kind of want to try this out and see how this works. No. Uh, what I'm about to tell you, this has been in existence for 22 years when we met as, a, as leadership and hammered these out as we sought God and looked at the word. What I'm presenting to you right now is the DNA of Fellowship Bible Church. It is our fundamental and distinctive qualities. And so I'd like to just read them and give you a few comments. The first thing is that we are all about exalting God in public and private worship. Let me give you a second trait, a second value at our heart at Fellowship Bible Church, and that is to emphasize clear, systematic, and relevant expository preaching and teaching of the Bible. And when we speak of the Bible, here at Fellowship Bible Church, we actually believe that the Bible is inerrant, meaning it is without error in the original autographs, and that it is infallible, meaning it is fully trustworthy. And so because we believe that God brings transformation through his revelation, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of this church, no pastor, no elder, but Jesus Christ, 
God directs, governs, corrects, encourages, and feeds his body through his word. God brings transformation through his revelation. That means that's why we take books of the Bible and we just systematically, sequentially walk through them. It's called expository Bible teaching. Now, if you're like, that's a new word for me, what does expository even mean? Are you even supposed to say that word in church? What, what does that mean, right? It sounds like another word. Expository means that you read the text, you explain the intent and the meaning of the text, and you discuss or show how this applies to your life. Because God is shaping our understanding, our convictions, and our conduct, and he does so through the washing of the water of the word. And so at Fellowship Bible Church, one of our core values is this, to sequentially, through clear, systematic, and expository Bible teaching, preach and teach the Bible. Let me give you a third core value, and that is experiencing personal growth in godliness and in the knowledge and application of God's word. We want to see people grow to the fullness of maturity. Why? Because that is what Jesus intends for believers. So we want to be growing. Now you're like, okay, time out. What actually is maturity in Christ, okay? Like the word, even like the concept, but you, could you just make it like really simple? Like, so I, everyone could understand, what are you even talking about, maturity in Christ? And I'll tell you how I remember it. I remember it with the acronym LIFE. L, for loving God. That we have a heart for God. There is a Christ-centeredness to our life where Jesus is most important and our life is oriented around him. And there is a covenant commitment to him and to his people. We are loving God. Our heart is for him. I stands for investing in others. Mature believers invest in others. They look to connect with people, and there is a sense of compassion and care and concern for individuals. It's no longer about me. It's investing in others. And so if you look for maturity, you have L for loving God, I for investing in others. You have F for following his word. Mature believers follow God's word. His word shapes their character, their convictions, their attitudes, their beliefs. And from your convictions, you find your behavior. Guess who does that? God does, and he does it through his word. And so at Fellowship, we're looking to help you grow in the character of Christ, but we also want you to develop core competencies. We want you to know how to pray, how to talk with God, how to actually study your Bible, how to interpret the Bible, hermeneutics. We want you to develop an understanding of your spiritual gifts, what it looks like and means to serve in the kingdom of God, how to make the best uses of your resources, your education, your experiences, your finances, that you are a good steward of God's uh, treasures to you, that you are a generous person, that you reflect the likeness of Christ, that you have clear life priorities. We're not haphazard. We're trying to intentionally help every person come to the fullness of maturity in Christ. That comes by following his word. And we are also then, E, for uh, engaging our world. Mature individuals in Christ look to engage the world. They see themselves as commissioned in his kingdom. Let me give you another 
core value of Fellowship Bible Church. You'll find this in thriving churches. They're embracing a biblical basis for governing and leading the church. That's why when it comes to church leadership, we don't take our cues from culture. We actually look to the Bible. That is why we're an elder-led church, because that's what's emphasized in the scriptures. A fifth trait is that we are equipping believers biblically to fulfill their roles in life and ministry through personal discipleship. Whether you're a child, you're married, you're single, you're a student, you got a job somewhere in our church, we want to equip you to be able to biblically fulfill your role in God's strength. And let me give you another core value. We are entrusting ministry to believers in our church. You know, people wonder like, wow, there is so much going on at Fellowship Bible Church. Why is that? Because we hand off the ministry to everyone. We don't have, well, we'll just get a few folks and we'll just pay them and and they'll do all the ministry and we'll sit back and watch. No, no, no. You need to know that if you are in Christ, you are in the game. The ministry is in your hands. And you want to develop this mindset where you see your life as your ministry. What you do at home, in church, outside these walls, what you do at work, at your school, see your life as a ministry. You represent Jesus Christ. So literally, we're a church of hundreds and hundreds of ministers. And we actually just, we're equipping you and we're entrusting the ministry to believers in our church. So we talk about this pathway of growing in grace. And what this looks like is you begin, you begin a relationship with Christ, and then you start getting established. You start growing. And there is a really big step when you go from growing in your relationship with Jesus to where you serve, where you realize, hey, you know what? The Christian life just isn't all about me. It's about what God can do through me. And so I am willing to put another's interest before my own. I'm willing to serve and engage. So that third step is serve. And then some will actually go on to multiply themselves, to develop other people that are serving. But this is what we do at Fellowship. We're not really going to just give you a fish and hope you're fed and happy. No, no. We're very interested in teaching you how to fish. And we want to do the hard work to engage hearts and to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. And let me give you two other final core values. We are encouraging one another by committing to genuine and loving relationships. It is so good to be in the body of Christ here at Fellowship because of the encouragement and the love that we share. And let me give you the eighth and final trait of our DNA, and that is extending the good news of Jesus Christ to people in our lives and in the Waco area and abroad. Friends, this is our DNA, and our target is to see every person brought to the fullness of maturity in Christ. So just like when you go and visit your doctor and you find out what she has to say or he has to say about your health, Well, how are we doing? I want you to know that Fellowship Bible Church is starting to hit its stride. You see maturity taking place. And let me give you some metrics. Um, You've heard of these maybe before, but these are goals that we have established as a leadership team that we are putting in front of Fellowship Bible Church. And I want to talk about what these goals are and in some cases even tell you how we're doing. So for instance, we want 100% of our members and our attenders 
involved in worship services, right? That only makes sense, right? That you're regularly worshiping God. If you're in the body of Christ, you don't want to forsake the gathering of his people. So if you're able, it doesn't mean like you have to make it every 50 two times a year. I mean, but if you are able, you'd want to gather to worship with his people. Let me give you another one. 75% of members and attendees involved in a small group. Because in the context of a small group and a life group, there is so much life uh, is that is exchanged, and you grow, and you study, and you pray for one another. There's encouragement, and there's laughter, and there's joy, and there's the adventure of faith. And at present time, we currently have 59% of our people in small groups. Let me give you another Here's a goal, 75% of members and attendees regularly giving. Where are we at currently? Currently, we're at 37%. Now, if you're a member, uh, we're at 66%. So this tells us this is a real growth opportunity for fellowship. It also tells us like, wow, look what God is doing. And so we want every person to experience fullness of maturity, and that includes what you do with your finances and giving to the glory of God for the furthering of his kingdom. Let me give you another one. 50% of our members and attendees, the goal of having them serving at least once per month. We put 50% out there. This is awesome. Guess what? Right now, we're at 61%, okay? So we need to actually change that goal because 61% of our people are serving on a regular basis. Another one, 25% of members and attendees in a discipleship relationship. This is a one-on-one relationship or one-on-just-a-few, helping you intentionally grow and develop in your relationship with Christ. Currently, we're at 3%. So there's a lot of room for growth there. But we see that there's, there is traction, and friends, this is really hard to do, but there is movement. And then one other goal is 5% growth of total membership annually. And we're seeing continual increase. I mean, we're coming out of the pandemic, but I want you to know that Fellowship Bible Church, we're not like trying to be some sort of mega church. We're certainly not a personality-driven church. We are focused on Christ, and we say it this way. I like to put it this way. We're focused on depth. God's in charge of breadth. Fellowship Bible Church will be as big as God wants it to be. But our focus isn't on numbers. What is our focus? Our focus is on Christ and people growing to the fullness of maturity in Christ. That's what we're after. And so, you see, maturity in Christ magnifies God. Let me give you just a few future milestones. We want to be developing and maturing our ministry staff team our leaders, and taking next steps to develop an intern program where we're training people here at Fellowship Bible Church for whatever ministry God would have. And then also, there is a campus plan that is going to be developed. I mean, we are celebrating the reality that we are debt-free to the glory of God. But we're a growing church, and we want to have a facility that facilitates the ministry. And so we'll be looking at um, needs assessment, what is actually needed. We've already done a demographic study and have information as to what our surrounding community looks like. We'll launch a phase three capital fund, a building to build live stewardship campaign at some point. There'll be a conceptual design and there'll be a conceptual uh, cost estimate as to what it would cost to do this. But these things are coming in the future. They are future milestones. But remember that a thriving church has a life-giving 
disciple-making mission and vision. Remember what Paul said, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6? He said this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. All of the great things that God is doing in our midst, make no mistake, it's he who is doing it. It is God, his faithfulness, past, present, and future. And we are eagerly looking forward to what God has for us as we continue to take next steps together. A thriving church has a life-giving mission, and our mission is to see every single person made complete in Christ, to live out the life we have in Christ. Our vision is really simple. It's four words. It's growing deep, reaching out. Just like a tree sinks deep roots, it brings in nutrients and stability, and what's reflected is whatever is taking place underneath the ground is reflected above ground. And a fruit-bearing, vibrant, healthy tree that's thriving has a healthy root system that is taking all the nutrients it can. And that's what's happening at Fellowship. We are growing deep in Christ, and we are reaching out. There are all sorts of ministries that are happening within these walls and outside these walls. We're partnering with a number of ministries in our community, and even today, the gospel and the disciple-making mission goes throughout the world through the giving and the people of Fellowship Bible Church, and this morning is no exception. So for all of you who are going to India in the next few weeks, I'd like you to come and join me on stage, including all of our elders. And I just want to tell you what's happening here. We are, so if you guys want to come forward, we are sending two teams to India. We have been partnering with the Global Banjara Baptist Ministry International. You guys remember when Srinivas came here and uh, he again came and just uh, talked about what God is doing among the Banjara Indians? If, you don't, if you're not familiar with the Banjara Indians, these are people in India that are not even in the caste system. They are like the lowest of the low. And yet the gospel is going forth, and a number of these Banjara Indians are coming to Christ. There are now a whole number of church planters that are going out among the Banjara people. We have been uh, involved instrumentally to help develop a school. There's a three-story building. There is about 400 kids. Many of us support these kids so that they can actually go to school. They can get an education. There's actually no school or no teacher even in their village apart from this. And so that they can hear about the loveliness of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're sending two teams. One team has got a doctor or nurse. Um, we have children's ministry specialists, people that will be working with the teachers, encouraging them, meeting with the kids. Um, I have the privilege of leading a pastor's conference for all the Banjara pastors in India. And then we're also having a celebration. It's the 20th anniversary of the Global Banjara Baptist Ministry International. And so we're going. We got Team A. We got seven of us. And then as soon as we come back, we got Team B that's going to be encouraging the saints and equipping the believers there. And so I've asked Jason Bryant, uh, the chairman of our elder board, if you would uh, lead us and commission us in prayer. So would you do that for us, Jason? Thank you. Thank you, Grant. Well, this is a great opportunity to lift uh, these teams up in prayer. So let's go before the Lord. Lord, we are so grateful for the work that you're doing here at Fellowship. And more than that, God, you've given us the command to go into all nations 
teaching and baptizing and doing the work of the ministry. And in this opportunity that we can lift before you today, these teams that are going to go to India, God, we earnestly lift them up in prayer. We pray that you will protect them, that you'll give them travel mercies as they go international, uh, internationally traveling. Lord, we trust that you'll protect them, that you'll keep them well, that they can uh, continue to uh, thrive in this ministry opportunity. God, we know you've protected them thus far, that you've prepared them for the work that you have set out for them. And God, we truly entrust that to you. And we want to pray for the work that is going to be done, God, that the gospel will have an impact on these people, uh, in particular the students and the teachers and the pastors that are being led. And we pray that the, that your word would be evident to them all that salvation will be uh, present for them and that they will learn and grow in you. We pray that uh, each of the ministries that are involved here, that you would use them for your glory, that you would um, just allow them to to um, to complete the, the practice and the will that you have for them. Lord, we ask that you would um, be with the pastors that are learning. Lord, it's a hostile world that they live in. Pray that you would protect them as they face persecution for following you for leading others to you, and we entrust that to you. So, God, according to your will, we commission these men and women for your work. Pray that they would be richly blessed and that you would be at work in and through them for the uh, global Banjara ministry. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jason. I want you to know that um, this is a a special trip for me for a couple reasons. One, uh, I actually have the privilege of having my son, Cameron, where are you? There you are, hiding over there. Uh, he's actually a video specialist. He's going to capture in video what God is doing among the Banjara people. So as soon as that is eventually ready, we'll share that with you. And also, I want you to know that the hostilities uh, toward the cause of Christ and the gospel are increasing in India. And part of our job is to encourage them and to equip these pastors and these saints to face whatever suffering they might face for the cause of the gospel and the glory of the kingdom, of seeing the gospel go forth and people brought to the fullness of maturity in Christ. And just like Jason commissioned all of us, I want to commission you. You need to know that if you are a part of the kingdom of God, you are on mission. God intends to use all of us for the furthering of his kingdom purposes, So I would like to commission you. So could I ask you to stand? And as you stand, I'd like you to turn 180 degrees, and I want you to face those doors, okay? And I'm asking you to do this because you know what? You're on mission, and your mission field lies outside those doors, in your family, an extended family, at your job, in your school, in this community. And so I want to commission you with this benediction. Wherever you go, God is sending you. Wherever you are, God has put you there. God has a purpose in your being right where you are. Christ, who indwells you by the power of his spirit, wants to do something in and through you. Believe this. Go in his grace, his love, and his power. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. Thank you.
Okay, as those traveling on the trip head to their seats, just to give you a picture of this mission organization we get to partner with. Literally 20 years ago, God touched the heart of one man, and now it is going into places not reached and unsaved, but unreached and unsaved. And so these two teams are going to have an opportunity to really come alongside our partnership with Global Banjar Baptist Ministries International. So it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. So let's be sure to be praying for them. It really has been a great service as we looked at God's faithfulness, as we've talked about it past, present. But don't forget, God's faithfulness is also for the future. And we've looked this morning at a church ministry assessment, health assessment. But what about you? Let's not forget about you as is maybe God's tugged on your heart for maybe your next steps when you think about your spiritual assessment. Um, your maturity in Christ truly does magnify the Lord. And so as you head out, we have our prayer team. They would love to pray with you and for you, whatever you might have. Um, if you're going to stick around, we would encourage you to for our uh, affirmation meeting. And if you can't do that, members, there are some forms in the foyer for you to fill it out and, and drop that in the collection box. Uh, but ultimately, just to encourage us and to remind us uh, what God is doing here. It's pretty incredible, but keep in mind he wants to do that in your life as well. So whatever, how God is stirred, I pray that you take it with you this week because the the beauty of this life is Christ has come, that we might have life and in him fully. So have a blessed week. For those who are going to stick around at 1215.